0: Welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast, show number 218, Finance Friday edition, where Scott and I help a couple have their first money date.
1: And honestly, in just our communication between us, I think it wasn't clear when I kind of made that switch over. So there was definitely, I don't know about tension or there's just confusion there.
2: Which um, probably spun me to this whole um, <laughs> love of learning about finances and <laughs>
0: listening to your podcast and saying, we need help. <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. My name is Mindy Jensen, and with me, as always, is my Does Crossword Puzzles in Ink co-host, Scott Trench.
3: There's no one-liner response I can come up with that one for that one, Mindy.
0: <laughs> it means you're smart. Scott and I are here to make financial independence less scary, less just for somebody else. To introduce you to every money story, because we truly believe that financial independence is attainable for everyone, no matter when or where you're starting.
3: That's right. Whether you want to retire early and travel the world, go on to make big time investments in assets like real estate, or start your own business or businesses, we'll help you reach your financial goals and get money out of the way so you can launch yourself towards those dreams.
0: Scott, I love today's episode of Finance Friday. I think this is a lot of fun talking to a couple who hasn't really had their money date yet. They, they've recently become debt-free. They have similar financial goals, I believe, but they haven't really talked about it. So we're talking today to Rashawn and Corbin, and helping them work through some of the things that they need to work through so they can set up their money date to talk when they are at their peak performance, as you said.
3: That's right. Yeah. I, I, thought, I thought we had a really good episode today. I think that um, they're both in the process of kind of configuring their money philosophy. And I think it was really fun to see them kind of coming together in terms of thinking through those things and maybe, maybe um, a couple of, of issues or not issues, but um, different philosophies about how to approach wealth building coming out of there. And I, I don't think, I think they are both right uh, in terms of how they were approaching money in, in this. And I think we came up with an interesting potential solution that might help help them both kind of contribute to the household's wealth over the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, Scott, I'm really excited for their financial journey. And I think that this is a great episode for someone who has maybe finished up or is just about finishing up their debt payoff portion of their journey and wanting to know what's next. Before we bring in Roshan and Corbin, I have to say that the contents of this podcast are informational in nature and are not legal or tax advice. And neither Scott nor I nor Bigger Pockets is engaged in the provision of legal, tax, or any other advice. You should seek your own advice from professional advisors, including lawyers and accountants, regarding the legal, tax, and financial implications of any financial decision you contemplate. Okay, let's bring them in. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at NerdWallet.com.
3: NerdWallet, finance smarter.
0: As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval, and terms of each credit card issuer apply.
5: This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
0: Rashawn and Corbin have recently discovered the concept of financial independence, and they're excited for the possibilities that FI opens up. With two kids and one more on the way, they'd like to set themselves up for a secure financial future. By day, she's a math teacher, but is eager to explore other options that include part-time hours instead of full-time. She loves the stability and flexibility of the teaching position, but does anybody really love that teacher salary? No. rashawn has got a lot of questions, and we're here to help her find some answers. Rashawn and Corbin, welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having thank us. <laughs> Let's jump right into it, because I think we need to get the numbers out of the way so we can get down to the advice and suggestions that we would make if we were in your position. So let's start with the income. What is coming into the home?
2: Okay, so off of my um, on paper $80,000 salary as a teacher, um, what is actually coming into the bank account after taxes, pension, Social Security, all those things, um, 3400 per month. Consistently
0: for me. Um, okay, and Corbin.
1: Yeah, that's where we get a little murky because <laughs> I am a. <laughs> <laughs> what am I? I'm a trophy husband slash uh, wanna be entrepreneur. So the income's a little bit more inconsistent, or I guess just just not consistent. Yeah, I guess that'd be inconsistent. So. In the spring, in May and June, oh, do you want me to put this, say this number?
2: However you want. How no, did just... you put it?
1: <laughs> so in May and June, I have a seasonal business that will bring in north of $30,000 these past couple of years. And that will be taxed in later. And I think just this year, she started setting up the estimates, the estimate tax, so it doesn't all get taken out. So a little north of 30,000, which will go into our personal account. And then I also operate in e-commerce. And the roughly similar, actually anywhere between about fifteen thousand to thirty five thousand, depending on the year. Usually I just funnel that back into my business account. So whether you or not you make
0: thirty thousand dollars in two months?
1: five weeks. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Okay, we're gonna stop right here and say, <laughs> "What is this business?"
1: <laughs> oh man, I have to divulge. Yeah. I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, so it's not as glamorous as it sounds, but I have a seasonal flower business where during graduation season, I partner with high schools and colleges around the Minnesota Twin Cities metro area, and we do oh. uh, sales bouquet sales at, at graduations. And I've only been doing it five-ish years, and it built up from five schools actually it built up from in the beginning i had flower buckets and i stood on a sidewalk and i sold them as people were walking by and that i got tired of that and it wasn't really a means to much but then i've contracted with schools and now um before covid hit anyway i was up above 30 schools in the metro area here um but yeah that takes all of five weeks essentially
0: whoa okay <laughs> that's,
3: i've never heard that that's awesome
0: <laughs> okay you. i'm just gonna plant a seed here is there any opportunity to expand that to other parts of the year
3: i've wondered is that, that is year that year planting year. a seed so that his business can blossom mindy is that where you're going with that
0: yes I'm, <laughs> oh oh i didn't even mean uh, okay. it like that scott uh, yeah. i was just <laughs> this is the second time plant a seed came up
3: yeah the other time it came up with a different context uh, <laughs> you um, found,
0: okay so winter
2: graduations right for colleges a little bit
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not much of a green thumb, but I guess if you wanted to look at uh, floral like event stuff, but uh, I haven't walked those paths yet, no.
0: I'm instantly thinking of Valentine's Day, and do you guys have Sweetest Day? That's kind of a a regional holiday. It's it's big in Chicago for some reason. (laughs) Sweetest Day is in October. I don't know what it's about. Uh, It's super stupid, but... um, (laughs) the valentine's day can you sell flowers on valentine's day or the you know the week before valentine's day at those same high schools so that boys can give their girlfriends flowers and girls can give their boyfriends flowers or like uh secret secret santa what is secret valentine's flowers um are there any opportunities for like uh thanksgiving decorations for the table and christmas decorations and things like that i'm just Planting a seed so it can blossom. Yeah, that's oh a very God. good idea. Thank you. <laughs> <joke>. <laughs> but just, you know, think of ways to expand that because it seems like it's pretty, a short amount of very intense work.
3: Right. Right.
0: For a nice giant pile of cash.
3: <laughs> that is a large amount of money to make in five weeks. That, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's your profit on the business is, is the cash flow is, is 30000 Correct. It, it's That before income tax gets taken out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Pre-tax profit. Great. What is the, uh, e-commerce business? Can you walk us through that one? Yeah. So
1: I source products from overseas and sell them under my own brand. It's a private label brand. And right now I just operate on the Amazon platform and that is the, the gist of it. I, I was done almost ready to stop doing it. I just wasn't enjoying it much. Uh, but I've kind of found another reignited that passion and, um, yeah, I guess I'm going harder in it, more committed to reinvesting the profits back into it so I can try and scale that up to a bit larger.
3: What do you kind of expect or anticipate that business to do over the next year or so?
1: It's a good question. I'm switching product lines. I've been operating in kind of a an office slash school supplies niche, uh, and I feel like I'm done with that. And now I'm switching into a toys category, and I have a product that will be out in September. And from what I've, what, from what I've estimated and all the numbers, it should be doing, you know, when I say should, but it should be doing like a 90,000 to maybe a little above a hundred thousand in profit, just off, like pre-tax profit off of the one product and revenue. I'd have to, I haven't looked at that. So it'd be maybe a th- three times that for revenue, two times that for revenue.
3: Okay. Yeah. And do you believe that the flower business is sustainable as well? This, that's a, that's a new business, essentially a new business with a new product. With that, and, right. and the flower business is kind of like what is tried and true, and you you can rely on an income each year. Is that right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. As long as COVID doesn't you know cancel graduations for the next ten years, but yes, yeah, that one's <laughs> definitely a solid one.
3: Okay, great. So so between the two, you guys, you have thirty five hundred after tax hitting your bank account from Roshan and. Corbin, you're bringing in another thirty thousand before tax um, from this business. That's six, what is that? That's about ninety. No, what am I doing? Seventy thousand uh, dollars in cash hitting your bank account. Some of that has to be reserved for, for taxes here. And you're and, and what is your spending on that?
2: Yeah, so I just started tracking our spending last year, right before COVID hit, um, and that was pretty eye opening. So. I would say COVID. We spent less. We're starting to spend more again. So I had tracked 2019, 2020. We're kind of yeah. So still, still not figuring out our complete budget. But I would say we spend about four thousand per month um, with our fixed and varying expenses. So total about four thousand a month.
3: Okay, great. Where where do you live in the country?
2: We live in a suburb of the Twin Cities in Minnesota.
3: That's right. Yeah, Minnesota. Okay. And and how do you feel about your budget? Do you feel like that we should go searching through the budget for opportunities to save money, or do you feel like you run a pretty tight ship with that?
2: I think we're starting to run a tighter ship. I think we've we've never tracked um, and looked very closely at it. There are things that I have questions on that maybe seem minuscule that aren't important, but questions on you know I got kind of I don't know if I got talked into it, but we have like cash term. Life insurance right now, you know, and that I've heard I could maybe just go with a a thirty-year term instead and be saving, you know, a few maybe a hundred a month or something um, total. So there might be like little things there. I'm not sure. I feel like that's the end that I can control, (laughs) and so I'm interested in that. But if there are bigger fish to fry, that is definitely okay as well.
3: (laughs) Well, let's come back to that and see if that is the most important thing um, for that, and we can we can go hunting. But it it sounds like you're feeling better and better about your budgeting and, and in a general sense, how about the balance sheet? What, 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 what are your assets and your liabilities look like overall?
2: Yeah. So my brother, when I was 18, started a Roth IRA for me. So um, mine is around 77 and we started Corbin's just last year as about 12. So that plus my school, I've been taking my school um, teaching match program just a thousand a year for the last eight years. So with that, our total in like Roth IRAs and index funds is $114,000. What we have right now in checkings and our HSA savings plus his business account, which makes it a lot higher than what I usually look at because I don't always look at his business account, is $146,000. And then our house, we own our house. Uh, so I don't know if you want that equity, or if you'd rather see that as with the, the the debt on that. But
3: yeah, what's what's your mortgage, and what's the value?
2: Um. Yeah, so our mortgage is at. Let's see. Oh, I thought I had that written down. Like around two fifty, and I would say. Um, I mean, I don't know. We haven't had it appraised or anything, but three thirty to three fifty. So maybe seventy five to ninety in equity.
3: Okay, great. And and do you have you said you have no other debts besides the mortgage?
2: Yeah, very very um privileged to have all that debt paid off now. Our student loans are now taken care of um yeah, mm-hmm. with the the help of some good family yeah. support and decisions
3: her grandparents.
1: grandparents
2: so. and yeah.
3: Now we we had a, a sneak peek talking with you a little bit uh, prior to this, and it sounded like you also did a lot of intentional cleanup around bad debts and those types of things in your financial position over the last year. Is that right?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, to, after I got the my a lot of my student loans forgiven with the teach grant um, and teacher forgiveness loan pro, you know that whole program. It was a lot of paperwork, but got you know seventeen thousand forgiven off of my thirty. Um, and then yeah i was able to get some support from my family to get the rest of that so we could get rid of that debt and then when we sold we had a condo that we had purchased with my college fund for my grandparents that equity went into paying off his student loans um, so yeah definitely had some nice supports there to help us get to this position Love it. well you'
3: you've got a really clean balance sheet here where you've got no debt, you've got a lot of cash, you've got some investments, you've got the home equity and all that kind of stuff. So your biggest strategic challenge here is that you are currently on a month-to-month basis spending more than you bring in on average, right? So you're bringing in 3,400. And and Corbin, you are bringing in zero except for when you're bringing in 30,000 all at once, right? (laughs) Right. Or or (laughs) future income with that kind of stuff. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that, and the, and and in order to sustain a position like that, you have to have a lot of cash, which you do. You have you have a lot of cash, so you're 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 comfortable with that. You're not cash flowing negatively on an annual basis, but your investment approach I think requires you to have a much larger emergency fund than most of the folks we talk to here, because that's the the nature of your income streams with this. I think that that's. That's really the 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 million dollar question here is is it sounds like we've got a stable position from a a, a general a, a general thing, but really the financial future that you've got here you're not able to invest a ton on a regular basis unless your business income um corbin comes in you know at or above that plan, and some of those are, are are new things there with that and so I guess where i my mind first wanders. In, in thinking about this from a strategic lens is can you do exactly what you're doing but layer in enough sustainable predictable income in some of the other months in some capacity that your formula works you can just continue to hit your invest whatever your goals are for investing on a regular basis with this and then also keep high, keep the at the intensity that you're bringing as an entrepreneur to these these opportunities that can really drive your your financial position to the next level with these, these businesses that can create the real wealth that, you know, you're as an entrepreneur, you're, you're going after it one day. What do you guys think about that is, or, or, or where do you think I should start in terms of going after this?
1: So it felt like I'm, I'm just trying to make sure I interpret it correctly. I wasn't sure if you were saying get another job or um, funneling some of that business income into our personal accounts so that it's either, uh weighing out, weighing out with our expenses or whether we have a surplus that we could invest in another way uh, if I, well I don't know I if you need to get right?
3: another job this is, well it sounds it sounds like your first business it, let's say it's producing thirty six thousand dollars a year, making that number mm-hmm. up right, and that's what you're gonna expect next year that's three thousand a month. Can you set up some that business so that it distributes three thousand dollars a month to the household? Gotcha. Uh, over the course of a year, so you've got predictable income. Or mm-hmm. do, you, do you wanna just continue what you're doing and time it in, in, in lump sums around that? But I think what what I would feel very uncomfortable with in your, in your financial position is the fact that you've got this very disparate set of, on a month-to-month basis, you're bleeding. Your cash position is being reduced on average. And that would, to me, would be a potential area to fix from a mental health standpoint. <laughs> um, that would drive me nuts to a certain extent personally with this. And if you can set up your business in such a way that you're just giving a steady income that you can predict over the for a year with that, that might be one way to think about it. And that would give that would give you the ability. Okay. Now I can I know I'm going to invest this much. And if that for some reason doesn't work out next year, then I know it's time to, you know, start working on the next thing or trying to pile up more money so that I'm contributing this amount. So that we're we're cash flow positive and continuing to march towards our goal. But then freeing up the rest of the time with that. That would be one potential Thought I'd have on on that, I, and I don't know, I don't know, but I think I think that's the central problem here that I'm struggling with from a cash flow perspective. This is, you know, if things don't work out, you're starting to run out of money with this. You have now you have years of savings, <laughs> so it's not really that big of a problem. But that would be that would be challenging for me from a formulaic process going down towards that long term wealth. Mindy, what are you, what are you thinking? I see you you looking thoughtfully here.
0: Well, I'm looking at the expenses we totaled up. At- to be about $4,140 and times 12, that's 49,000 and change. And there is an emergency high yield savings account that has slightly more than 12 months of annual spending in there. So I'm wondering if that is where some of the money is coming, like the monthly, are you drawing down from that? Um, And then just, so what I can see happening is you're drawing down from that monthly to cover what isn't coming in from Roshan and then putting it back in there in those 5 week in that 5 week burst is that how that works or does that fund always just have that much money in it cuz that's a great emergency fund 12 months yeah. is fantastic
2: that's pretty new i think i think you guys are right on with what's more my mental health that i've been struggling with like how to look at the finances and understand them with that big surge of income in those months and then the depletion and then now this buildup of this cash and I'm not sure what to do with it. You know, the high yields only earning like 0.4, 0.5 at this point. Um, So yeah, I love the idea of creating some kind of system where that, that still our personal money, but is in some account that we can just draw from monthly to help me manage. Uh, Yeah. That, that's, that sounds great to me. I'm not exactly sure how to do that in the best way. Um, but yeah, it's kind of been all over the place.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm getting the sense from your your overall position that you're, you have, a, like, like, that is a lot of cash. So that cash makes sense. Uh, Corbin, if you're thinking about investing in the next business venture, or if you have, you know, if you're, you're having, if you have some sort of like capital that you need, that you need in order to buy product or those types of things. But once you've kind of figured that out, six to 12 months makes sense and if you can just rig your business so that it distributes in a timely manner or that you're 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 just pumping the emergency fund on on those types of basis you can plan around that but it just feels like looking at this that there's some how, how are you how do you guys think about about the cash management why why do you have the 146 or whatever it is in cash there
1: yeah i would say about 75 of it is what would be coming from my business yeah, so I would say so roughly half of it is in my business account, um, which with this upcoming product, I have a couple of deposits on inventory right now. And, you know, there's with the amount I, I'll have I'll have cash tied up for four or five months just in inventory. So that's been my argument for needing that cash. Um, and then by the by the quarter four, I'll need most of that for Christmas orders and whatnot. Um but, yeah, you're spot on with the rest of it. Our bank account definitely dwindles for eleven months and then gets a nice injection or a boost
3: at at that time and it
1: drives her crazy
3: but <laughs> yeah I, I i'm i I don't know, yeah, I don't know about you Cor, that 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 would that would be very uncomfortable for me, just the way i I personally think about my finances just to see it it dwindle with that kind of stuff um with this just because of that 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 even though it's a lot even though you probably have plenty in there it's just a little disconcerting to see it drop <laughs> on those yeah. types of things uh, to a certain extent. And so that's where I'm wondering, like, is there a way, you know, that, that in the meantime, you know, h- how, how do you think about the business in terms of its, it's, uh, uh, and, and, and its role in the family finances with that?
1: That part for the e-commerce for a long time. And I think it's still kind of, when, when I was up in the air about whether or not I would continue with it, I looked at it as if, hey, we're doing great because if we ever got in a pinch, like we can pull on all this. And for the longest time, I think my business account wasn't linked to Mint or whatever. You'll learn that I'm pretty ignorant when it comes to our finances and Rashawn's the one that's on top of it. So that wasn't linked to what she was seeing for a long time. So she'd have these moments where it seemed like, oh, my gosh, we need to do something. And I would say, hey, hold on, like we got all this cash over here. Mm-hmm. But now my mindset has flipped a bit to where I am wanting to use this and utilize this business, this business fund for all of this. So now I'm viewing it as something separate from our personal account. And honestly, in just our communication between us, I think it wasn't clear when I kind of made that switch over. So there was definitely, I don't know about tension or there's just confusion there.
2: Which probably Um, spun me to this whole um, (laughs) love of learning about finances (laughs) and listening to your podcast and saying, We need help. (laughs) Yes. So that's a good thing. Yeah, so that's why we're here.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and I think I think whatever you guys are doing, you're you're doing a pretty good job with this. This is not this your position makes a lot of sense given what you just described here. The way you manage your cash and your finances makes a lot of sense here. But I am I, I am interested. It seems like it seems like there's something to unpack here about you know the role like like how much income you need to hit your for like when I think about building wealth right there's there's two parts to it there's a formula and then there's the upside right and you have to have both and they're never in harmony and so the formula for me is I save this much of my income I invested in index funds and over 25 years that's going to generate a substantial amount of wealth 10 15 20% and you have to take your pot shots. And, and this is not everybody, but this is, I'm imagining where you are, uh, Corbin, from your mindset, where it's like, it's like, yeah, I can invest in the stock market and earn 10%, but I can also start a business or house hack or whatever, or write a book, right? I I gotta, I got have a book with that, right? And And one of those initiatives may generate a substantial amount of income with that. And the way I look at it is I've gotta have my formula where I'm saving X amount every month and putting it in and i am also regularly taking my shot with the appropriate amount of capital and, and risk with that and and my belief is that you're both probably right i'm gathering uh, roshan that you, you want the stable formula and and corbin you want to take the shots with that and i think i don't think there's anything wrong with that but i think i think your the problem is right now that i'm seeing is your formula is not going to work right because the flower business is great but like that is tough to see your bank account dwindle and then hope, you know, not hope, you, I'm sure you have five years running, but like, you know, expect that the five weeks are going to produce the 30,000 that are going to do that for the next year. That's a tough, that's a tough formula to feel really, really confident in over a 10, 15 year outlook with that. And you know, you can win that way. You know, you can make, a, a, a build a million dollar net worth if you can contribute another, if, if, if you can get another, I don't know, 30, if you can invest 20,000 a year on top of your your around 50,000 in spending you're probably going to be in great shape in 10 years with a pretty substantial net worth as your home equity appreciates and your retirement accounts grow and there you'd think that with that level of contribution you you there's also plenty left over to run the business. But am I maybe onto something here is that is that in the general am I articulating perhaps part of the problem or part of the opportunity yeah, I mean, with, here? Without knowing
1: us it's like
2: Yeah, I don't know how you, you know got us, to
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like <a> fortune
3: <laughs> You're spot on, yeah. But well, we, we, we talked to a lot of people about this. So this is the this is what we did I love to talk about this. So anyways, if, if 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 maybe I could maybe I could frame the goal then based on that is how do we have, Corbin, how do we have your business contribute the minimum that is necessary to making sure that the bank account does not dwindle throughout the course of the year and that you're able to sustain a positive cash flow? And then everything else beyond that is yours to go with, your, you know, run with from an entrepreneurial perspective. And you'll you're probably be successful if you take, if you keep kind of, you're, you're, you seem like an entrepreneur, you're willing to, to to try crazy new things like a flower business. Uh, for graduation, and you're willing to, to pivot your business model 100% to a new product when things aren't working or not scalable with that, that's great, right? That's the nine out of 10 businesses fail. So you start 10 businesses, right? Is the, the idea. So I think that that's that is that seems right. But is that would that be a potential middle ground there to think about like, hey, we've got a minimum amount of contribution needed from Corbin in the business? And if the business is lean, Maybe that is where you go and get a job for a little bit or part time for just to contribute whatever is needed to sustain the formula. But when the business is going strong, now you can begin reinvesting the profits and, and driving towards that future growth. But that would be one potential framework. And I'd love to get your reaction to that.
1: Yeah. So you're saying at a minimum to where we're not losing money each month. Is that right?
5: ideally.
3: Well, I think, I think you have to figure out, I think you have to figure out that one together with that. Like, what is the, Uh, like, there's a formula, there's a, there's a formula for building wealth that many bigger pockets, money guests come on with, right? Which is, I'm going to save, I'm going to invest, and I'm going to do that either in real estate or in stocks. You're choosing a different formula and that makes perfect sense. But some component of that maybe like, maybe you say, Hey, if it would take us 15, 20 years at this level of investing to retire, right? but we're also going to bet with a big chunk elsewhere on your business because that could potentially get us there in five years with that. and you just I think you just need to kind of discuss like what is that good amount that is like what what do you want that formulaic thing to be we want to we want to keep our savings on a monthly basis growing so that consistently I'm taking let's say let's say um forget your your business funds you have seventy five thousand in cash let's say that we want to have one year of emergencies fund, which is fifty grand the remaining twenty five gets invested and every month we want to invest one thousand dollars or two thousand dollars or whatever that is in the in our index fund or in our in a real estate you know in a real estate fund that we're going to buy an next rental property with or whatever investment path you guys choose a- everything after that is then what is reinvested potentially in the business with that but the business you know the business's job to one degree is to produce this level of income at minimum for the family, even in the growth stage here. And maybe it's less. Maybe it's just, hey, we're going to break even for a couple of months. And our investment profile is the business. But I think that's the key framework to kind of think through is what is that minimum contribution that we're comfortable with as a couple from Corbin's business um, to the household finances? And how does that fit in with our investing approach? And I don't think there's a right answer. I think it's an art because the returns on your business could be hundreds of percent you know 100 um you know it could be zero but it's probably you'd think that it's going to be much better than the stock market or real estate investment if you're going to give your full attention and energy to it would be the guess right
1: yeah and i yeah i definitely think that's been the tripping point um i was trying to explain to Rashawn, and even i stumble over my words but it's a very cash intensive business where cash flow is strapped um So I could take it slower and perhaps grow the business at a slower pace and put more into our personal accounts investments and grow slower. And I guess up to this point, I've had a mindset and a goal, a pretty aggressive approach to growing it um, to where it's growing much quicker. But that would require similar to what is now just reinvesting everything back into it.
6: We know you've heard it before. Cash flow is getting very hard to find. There's always long distance investing, but you may be thinking, I don't have a team, enough experience, or the market knowledge to get in. investing when you have the right team and systems already in place. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com. Or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777.
5: This show is sponsored by Airbnb.
3: okay f- fair enough so so it's not like i think that that's a that's an interesting and art to kind of figure that that, that out right is how much to reinvest and how much uh, of that to, to kind of put in one option for you is if you feel like you've got a really good let, let's say that the more you like like you, you want let's say you want to put in 50 grand into inventory right and you believe that that's the maximum amount you can you can put in relative given your cash position for the business right now and that you'll get a great return on that inventory but what's to say that you wouldn't get that same return with 150 grand of inventory? Like, why, why, why aren't you like, you know, if, if that's true and 150 grand, if, if 50 is better than 10 and 150 is better than, than 50, why yeah. not go out and think about pitching that to a venture, uh, an, an angel investor or a venture investor and splitting some of the equity to, to turbocharge returns with that front? So that way you can capitalize your business and go after the opportunity to a certain degree yeah. while also being able to contribute the, the, what you need from the, the business here. Um, I've
1: definitely been thinking in that vein, not necessarily angel investor, but along the lines of utilizing debt. Um, but that word an angel investor, I'm sure would really freak her out. So she's quite risk averse, even <laughs> if I feel confident in it.
2: Angel investor sounds better than debt. I'm still taking on that. someone's money though. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
3: I, I agree, I think, I think if you take on debt, you're not going to be able to get much debt on the business, right because your inventory will be the collateral or your personal finances will be the collateral mm-hmm. um, for, for a debt on this type of thing. So you know you might think about an equity partner on that, but if it's, if it's uncertain enough where you'd feel like you can't raise capital for it, then that, that kind of gives me the, the sense that you might want to consider putting in less of your own capital on it as well with that, potentially yeah I I, guess I I don't I, know I don't know your business very well you know yeah. it. so
1: yeah I think I I guess personally I,
3: hmm.
1: <laughs> my mindset is where it's I'm, I'm on the first part where I feel confident in it however switching into a new niche and a new product I kind of want to prove the concept to myself first um so yeah I mean it is a heavy like you know I'm gosh I have at least a sixty thousand dollar order for quarter four um in product. And then I don't know if people aren't in the business, not aware, but like freight shipping is just insane right now. I think it's the world, an all time record for how expensive. So it's a, yeah. Anyway, I'm putting the vast majority of what I have in my business savings into it right now. Um, And once I prove that concept to myself is where I did was thinking already in the stages of next year, not being averse to whether you said maybe not taking on debt, but finding investors for it. Mm.
3: Well, if that's needed to scale with that, um, you, you would use cash. But ideally, if you're putting 60000 in inventory, you're going to be able to move the inventory and you'll be left with much more than $60,000 in cash at the end of that. Or if things go poorly, you'll be left with slightly less than $60,000, but you won't lose the investment. Um, yeah, I think that's where I need to come
1: to, to the it. compromise because where I was looking at, as you said, if I put that money in and then it went well and I had a bunch more to come out, I've already got the product line lined up and so the idea was to invest back into the next part of the product line but I'm sensing that's where the balance needs to come in.
3: Yeah, I I think I think that's the key. I think that's the key like like if I'm if I'm in Roshan and and, and I'm, I'm pronouncing that right Roshan.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah, okay. If if I'm in if I'm in your shoes, I'm thinking like well this is a little little scary for some of those things because of the fact that every month the bank account is dwindling and that cash in the business is not going to come in with that. And so that's, it's not like you're in danger. Like the worst case scenario is you lose all the money in the business, which is never going to happen with this. And then your your savings account goes down to like 40,000 for the family and then you get a job, right? So it's not like that big of a like it's not like the, the end state here is is really that bad of a situation, but you do lose that progress in formulaically moving towards your retirement goals and building the wealth that you know is more predictable and you know we can get more comfortable with. Um, at least if you're you're wired like me um, with those types of things, with that. And so I I do think that's where the balance comes in. Is like what is that? And and the balance is probably going to be something about how much and do we want to invest every month? And the way you in, you can get to that point much faster is with two things. One, getting income from your business, Corbin, and two, reducing your overall household spending so that less is needed from the business on that front. So I think I think we I think I just don't understand enough about your business and you you know it much better to kind of kind of think through how you guys want to talk through what that what that might look like. But we can reduce whatever that requirement might be from the business or from you or other businesses. It could be from both your businesses, right? The net a net impact from from all of the businesses or whatever, I'm sure. But just some income going in with that. But the other way is the household spending with this. And so do you want to go into that area at all and look for ways to reduce that? Because right now you're bringing in 3,400 a month and you're contributing to retirement accounts, I believe, Rashawn. is that right?
2: Yeah, and, and I love the formulaic approach. So I would love to be investing more. I have a 457 and I've been hearing you guys talking about it. Um, just learned about it would love to start putting money in there and just in the back of my mind I've thought okay well but I want him to dream I want him to do his business I I, like I see the potential in that I'm really stuck in my salary there's not much growth there my financial independence number on my path would be right when I retire at 60 or whatever Um, so I'm seeing I'm understanding more my perspective is opening up and so now it's yeah how do we balance my formula and his dreams and that big burst
0: uh, potential. Um, Yes, (laughs) Mindy. I am not wired like Scott at all. So I have a different uh, viewpoint and that you're bringing in 34 and what's going out is 4140. So the difference is, well, I don't know how that works. 780. The difference is 760. I don't know how to do math. Well, the difference. So the difference is about $800. Is there a way, Corbin, that your company can set up to pay you $800 a month so that the bank accounts don't dwindle? And if that's, I mean, is that just robbing, taking from one and putting it into something else? Is there a way to set that up? Because that's not a ton of money. I see you making a face, Scott. I'm ignoring you. (laughs) Um, And another thing to think about, again, I don't know what this toy is, um, but we're in Q3, Q4 is the toy quarter. That's when all the sales are made. Ideally, let's just say that you're going to sell every single one of these widget toys that is and it's going to be fabulously profitable. Is there a way to bring more money into, you know, instead of 800, now you're sending $1,000 into the family. And then that takes care of Rashawn's, uh, I don't want to say anxiety, but I can see a little bit of anxiety and just uncertainty. And if that's coming in, and now all of your expenses are covered, take the rest of the money and do businessy stuff with that. And I do agree with Scott that the business accounts should be completely separate from the personal accounts and don't consider those when you're talking about your net worth at this time. Um, But I can see, like, if that helps relieve some of the stress, then there's ways to, it kind of seems like that's where the balance could be for, like, mental health-wise. Does that make sense? Am I just rambling? I saw you interrupting me, Scott.
3: Yeah, I I, I completely agree w- w- with that. But I would just, I just want to, I want to know, I, yeah, I, I completely agree. W- what what do you want to invest on a regular basis? What is that goal for you, Rashawn?
2: Yeah, I've been, well, the Roth for both of us, um, maxing that out each year, I feel like is important with what I've seen. Um I think I have a really good pension plan from what I've learned about it as a teacher. I, I don't know exactly if, if I did retire, like try to end early. That is a very new concept to me. So I don't know what the consequences of, you know, if I quit teaching early. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just want to be smart with our money. I don't want it to just sit there in cash and be wasted. And so I would like to invest more if we can. I just don't know how much more we can, you know, put away in a 457 or the HSA, um, things like that.
3: Well, love it. I mean, the, the answer is always more, right? Like, like how <laughs> should I want to invest. I want to invest 10, 50, 100,000 a month if I can, right? Yes. Um, with that. But I, I think that's where some, some spreadsheet work and some modeling and some thinking down, um, some, some sitting down and thinking through it might be helpful with that here what i under right now what is happening is you are contributing are you contributing to a Roth IRA is that right every year?
2: Yep, both of us now.
3: Yeah, we've got 7 14% going to retirement, par- portion to the pension.
2: Oh, yes, yeah, I don't pension, think that's-, that's that's automatic for my paycheck. Yeah, the f- 7% of my income and then my school matches 7% to the pension. That's like before that 3,400, that was from my salary and the social security. I was just putting those notes in there kind of for myself too, to keep in mind that I am automatically investing into retirement through the pension. Um, And then, yeah, I'm have that goal of maxing out the, the Roth IRA. So I don't know if more needs to be done with 457s or our kids, you know, Roth IRAs. There's so many ideas. Out there and things to do with the money. It's just I don't know, yeah, what direction to go if more is needed. Okay,
3: and and so this is for retirement. This is not for tomorrow, right? You're thinking about building towards traditional retirement in a general sense, and then using Corbin's business to if to jumpstart the wealth in the event that you can when it when it takes off, uh, it can it can drive you much farther towards retirement, early retirement, and those types of things. And you're just trying to plan for a a traditional retirement in a general sense while that's going on in the background. Is that a good way to frame it?
2: Yeah, I think, yeah, I I didn't have that picture of retiring early, but I would love to if possible. So if his business can take us there and if smart planning can take us there, yeah, I I don't need to work my whole life. That would be wonderful.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. Great. So if uh, if I'm thinking about retirement, go ahead, Corbin. Oh, I feel like
1: I'm interjecting at the wrong time, so maybe let's let's go. Later. No, this is perfect. Go ahead. I, I'm, okay. I'm taking over well, here. I'm sorry. This yeah. is how naive I am. Is that thirty four hundred just from you, just from Rashawn per month, or is that our combined? No,
2: yeah, that's my ago? after everything's taken out of my paycheck. That's what I what I get. Okay,
1: so like a very simple remedy, going way back to the beginning with my flower business would would be to pay instead of putting that big chunk of money in there in June. Would be to hold it in a savings account in a high yield savings account, and then, as you said, pay myself monthly. Is that right? Because I have absolutely no problem doing that, and that would more than cover our monthly expenses, and then also allow for investing. Is that correct?
3: I think that's a great first step. Mm-hmm. The problem that I'm running into next is that mm-hmm. a form a, a formulaic investor like myself in some of these cases, right? What I want to do is, right, that's the starting point, because you're, that's how much you need to spend to maintain your household. You're not investing with any of that mm-hmm. outside of that. There's some of that money is going to a pension and that kind of stuff. But if I think about like an investment uh, a program, I would think, hey, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take my 401k match. You guys don't have that because you're a teacher. You have a 403b plan and a pension. So you're getting something different with that. So I have the pension first, which makes sense because you have to do it. Uh, you don't have a choice. Then you have the Roth IRA is the second step, the HSA, if you, if you have that access to that. That's always a great retirement vehicle. Then you have the Roth IRA, where you can contribute up to uh, $6,000 each into a Roth each year. So that now we're talking, if, if, you wanted, if you have the pension, that's already gone, but if you have the Roth IRAs, that's $12,000 per year, you'd want to invest in both of those Roths, 3600 each in an HSA potentially, which is another—that's uh, now you're at about twenty thousand invested, and then you have any after-tax investments after that, and you can go down the list forever. You can't do all of those things if you're a normal human being because there's a resource allocation constraint. You don't have enough income to do that, so you have to make you have to make an allocation decision to say where along that spectrum do I stop, and then divert the rest of the cash back into the business. Which I think is the discussion that you guys have to have is say how mm-hmm. far down. What is the priority list of accounts and investments that we want to make? And how far down do I want to go? And what's that point? I don't think eight hundred's enough because you you gotta cover your expenses as a household, but you also need to invest, I think, in something beyond that with maybe those maybe the Roth IRA, for example. So am I am I kind of hitting that um where, where you would be thinking about it, Rashawn?
2: Yes, yeah. And I think I've been jumping and doing those without really knowing, you know, yeah am I taking too much? Like, can I use all this? Um, we've already maxed out the Roth this year just because of my uncertainty of the income. I'm like, I want to stash that away. Um, and, you know, I learned that you can pull it out in an emergency, the contributions. I've had mine for five years, the account. So that felt comfortable. Um, and yeah, I, I have an HSA. I didn't know he could also have an HSA account. We haven't been maxing that out yet. Uh, but yeah, I was wondering about the 457 account if if, if his business does go well and we wanted money stashed away there. So yeah, I definitely like the idea of looking at goals in that way. Um, I think it's gonna take a lot more learning and research to figure out exactly what to do, but.
3: Absolutely, I think some research here, getting comfortable with all the terms and jargon that we just threw out with all the different plan names and all that, that wacky world of that will be really helpful with that. And then writing down a philosophy, here's the order in which I wanna go down. And if we had unlimited resources, we go in this order but we're gonna stop here, because that makes more sense for us. And, and it does make sense, I think, to, to stop at a certain point and move it all into the business, the, the uncertain but potentially high upside world that Corbin lives in, but after you've hit some level that you can agree on at that, it, for the, the, the more certain or the more predictable formulaic approach with that. And so I don't think 800 covers it. 800 covers it if you reduce your expenses. So that's the other way we can get to it: is that if the household spends less, and you only need thirty-four hundred, then you know the eight hundred might cover it. Because hey, I've just dropped our spending to thirty-four hundred, and now I only need, um, you know, eight hundred to really fund all those. Invest- that's ten thousand a year in investments. You know, eight hundred times twelve is ninety-six. Right, so that'd be close to ten thousand per year in investments. That's great. Everything else, we're good to go on. So you can also solve this problem by tightening your budget rather than requiring more distributions from the business, for example, with that. And so that there, that's why I want to say the personal finances impact the business, um, just as the business impacts the personal finances with that. And so if you think you've got that room, for example, by cutting $100 out of the life insurance here and then $200 out of the grocery budget there and $300 out of the miscellaneous category there, you could you could potentially get there in a parallel path. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. Uh, so I would love to ask, do you feel like the budget is another place to go hunting for this to minimize the drain to any drain that might happen on the business if if you want to go down that route?
2: Yeah, possibly. I'm I'm very new to all this, so.
0: Okay, well, I'm not. So let me tell you all about what I do. I track my spending. I have a mobile spending tracker on my phone right here. It is a Google Form. Show everybody. You can't see anything. You can't man. see that. Well, <laughs> oh, it does no internet. Okay, well, that's because my phone's turned off. But I have a spending tracker. So when I'm out, my phone's with me. I go to the grocery store. I make my payment. I walk away from the thing and I type in how much I spent, what I bought, and where I bought it. And that's every single place I go. So I go to the hardware store. I put that on. I go to Target. What did I buy? Well, I went in for a bottle of shampoo and now I have a cart full of crap. So it's, I started out tracking my spending with no judgment, just what am I spending money on and about, and I didn't even do it on that. I did it on a notebook right when I came into the house on the countertop and watching it grow every single day became very apparent that what I thought I was spending was nowhere near what I was actually spending. And it was, um, My downfall was the grocery store. I would go to the gym every day and on the way home, I'd stop at the grocery store for one thing and I would pick up six things. And what's five more things? It's no big deal. Every single day, every single day, I was going to the grocery store for just one thing, but getting more things. So for me, that was so eye-opening and having just the old school notebook right there so I could see the totals because now when I track it, I'm not looking at the totals. My husband looks at the totals. He looks at spreadsheets every single day and he's like, hey, why are you going to the grocery store every day? Oh yeah, I should really cut that back. I love going grocery shopping. Um, So tracking your spending is huge and just track it with no judgment. Here's what I spent. Here's what I spent every single day for a week and then review it. Oh, huh, we do go out to dinner every single night and I didn't think we were doing that. So my $150 eating out budget is actually $600. That's a really easy thing to cut out. You could still go out to eat, go out to eat once a week instead of seven times a week. And that's a huge savings. Or, you know, groceries. What are you really buying at the grocery store? Are you buying all organic? And, you know, is there a way to, are there something, like you don't need an organic coconut. Nobody is putting any <laughs> pesticides on a <laughs> coconut. It is surrounded by wood and it grows 90 Can we make that air. into
3: one of those like 30 second uh, Instagram clips? Nobody, nobody needs an organic coconut. That'd be perfect. Yeah.
0: There's no bugs in the coconut. So, (laughs) you know, there are some things, you know, strawberries and peaches, you're supposed to buy non-organic or organic. And then like bananas, do you need an organic banana? It's covered. Like you don't need the outside. Anyway, there are things that you can look at that keep what's important to you, but get rid of the things that really don't matter. We want to retire early. What can you cut out of your life that isn't going to have a big impact? That will allow you to retire early. Um, we we want to keep money. Number.
3: We want to keep money invested in the business, so we don't have to put it into the household or to the other stuff. How do we cut the money out of the, the out of the budget with that? Right. That's that's another way of looking at it because that that's the more immediate pressing problem. It seems like right.
0: Yeah. Uh, so now I'm going to throw out a bunch of episode numbers at you. You had mentioned life insurance. And we talked to Joe Salcihi on episode 139. And he went through how life insurance is billed, which when he was first talking, I'm like, where is this going, Joe? This doesn't make any sense. But after he explains how it's billed, then you can choose the plan that works best for you or realize that maybe I don't need all of this or maybe I only need some of this. So that's a really great episode, 139. Episode 124, we talked to the millionaire educator.
2: Yep, heard that he one. He
0: is the one who is so fanatic about the 457 plan. Ideally, I would love to see Corbin's business making so much money that every penny that Rashawn brings in first goes to the 457 and the 403B, and there's a couple of dollars left, so you throw that into the Roth IRA. Because when you separate from service, you have access to all of your 457 funds without paying a penalty. You still pay taxes on it, but you're not paying a penalty. So it's just like the 401k or the 403b, the same 19,500 contribution limits. But then you can, you've can you got that you're reducing your taxable income by that amount. So Corbin can bring in that amount and it's kind of a wash. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a great plan. But again... I don't think we're quite there yet. Let's learn about the 457 plan. And uh, the millionaire educator is fanatical about the 457 plan. Um, And Scott has thrown out a bunch of things. Oh, you guys should talk about this and you should discuss that. Episode 157 is Scott and I talking about how to have a money date. And it's a judgment-free zone. This is what I would like to do. I would like to have this toy In Q4 2021, and then if it goes well, next year Q4 2022, I want to have 15 in this product line. Great! How can we make that happen? How can we? And oh, I really need the security of having my bills covered every month. Great, let's do that too. So just lay it all out, and it's not something that you're like, okay, kids are asleep, let's have it right now. It's it's something that you need to plan, plan for a couple of weeks down the road. After the kids are in bed, when the kids sleep over at grandma's house, have a nice dinner and spread out all your numbers and your thoughts and dreams and just have a conversation. And you don't have to come up with everything all right then and there. It's just starting to talk about money frequently. I'm sorry, Scott. I see you trying no, to- No, I'm,
3: I'm just a big zealot about that. And I agree with Mindy on that. And the way what I like to think is, because I'm such a nerd on this, that date, the money date has to be done in what I call peak state. I have to be feeling my best for it to be a good thing. So I have to have had- for me, that's about ten a.m. in the morning after I've worked out and had a coffee, and I'm ready to go. That's when I'm ready to think big and feeling and good about not that after stuff. Putting the so, kids to bed. <laughs> what, what's that? What would you say?
1: I said, yeah, it's not after putting the kids to bed. That's for sure. <laughs>
3: That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, so whenever, like, if you can facilitate that environment, that will make that, that session go way better because you'll be thinking about your life from a position of like feeling really good about your day and all that kind of stuff. And that's, that's a good spot to have those kinds of discussions. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. And it's just an introduction to further conversations and some of the people that some of the most successful couples that we have talked to on the show have a money date regularly every month every some do it every week i think that's a little too much and some people do it every quarter i do every quarter i don't think is frequent enough but i like every month uh, personally but this isn't my relationship this is your relationship so what works for you is what you need to do and it doesn't matter if it doesn't work for me because i'm not going to be there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really I'm really excited about this. I think that there's a lot of opportunity. Um Corbin, I'm going to leave you with one last suggestion. I would love to see you grow that five week business. Can you can you expand it so that five weeks brings in more money? And yeah. at what point can you no longer handle it? Do you have somebody that helps you for those five weeks or
1: I hire. Like you said like, that
0: you started off with.
1: No, I I hire part time sometimes people to run the flower stands, but it's usually me when there's not a conflict at the same time. And I I can definitely okay. look into doing it more. I'm also like the I guess the primary caregiver caregiver of the kids for the rest of the year. So I'm, I am the stay at home dad with the seasonal flower business and then the online e commerce.
3: That, yeah, that's huge. Okay. That's that's a big that's a big thing that that changes the a lot of your expense profile for the household right there um, with, with that. So I think that's awesome, and I think the uh, the yeah again that that business is just how can you get that cash flow into the business and then keep the rest or, or, or get that cash flow enough cash flow into the house to meet the needs and then the rest putting into what you think is the right scalable or opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever that whatever that comes out to from agreement with between the two of you guys.
1: Yeah. And I, what Mindy was asking is definitely not too much because if we're talking seasonal or like a one week in Valentine's thing, that's obviously very doable.
0: Uh, you already have 30 schools that know you. Reach back out to them and say, hey, I'd like to do this for Valentine's Day. Yeah. Or, you know, now that there's 30 schools that know you, can you expand that to 45? Can yeah. you grow this in such a way that the 30,000 is now 60,000. Mm-hmm. That's another way to invest. You take that money, you've got your annual expenses covered and then you throw that into the toy business. Or, you know, continue to keep them separate. It just seems like I wish I thought of that. <laughs> I love that idea.
3: <laughs> uh. Well, is there anything else that we should cover today for you guys, or or, or how, has this been helpful so far? Do you want us to go and and dive into any other areas, or what are you guys thinking?
4: Yeah,
1: I think it's been helpful for sure, um, Rashawn. You're the I'm pretty honest again. I've said it's the third time. I'm I'm ignorant when it comes to our finances. So if there's more that um, we need to have that money date, so I'm not quite as willfully ignorant. But Rashawn, if you have other questions,
2: um, no, I think. Yeah, I th- I have I I have lots of little questions and big questions, but I feel like you tackled a lot of the big ones. Just some of that m- misunderstanding or how to get on the same page, how to make goals and formulas so that I feel secure, but that also that he can yeah pursue this 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 business um, confidently.
1: Yeah, I think that balance is yeah, I important. Think... I think it's super important for us because she, as you kind of hit it on the nail, Scott was like. Rashawn's like, yeah, if we invest into our Roth IRA, like we're going to be a millionaire when we're 60. And for me, I'm like, dang, that's cool. But I'm not trying to wait 27 years to do that. Like, (laughs) I'd rather get that done quicker, whether it's a pipe dream or not. Like I, you know, I'd want to pursue that route. But right. Anyway, it's I think it's good that we have altering perspectives, but then combining them is kind of what seems like needs to happen.
3: Yeah, I, I, think, I think that they're, they're both important perspectives and it's how I live my life is trying to, to squeeze them both together with that. You know, you, the, 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 the formula ensures that you don't go broke and have a miserable time with it, but the formula also guarantees you a, a moderate outcome over that type of period. And it's perfectly fine and I think good to dream for a lot more than that. And so that's where, as long as you can cover that formula... Um, go big. I got. I, I love it with that. And I, I don't think you're irresponsible from your financial position to do that at all. You've got a ton of cash. You're you're, you're capitalizing your situation perfectly for this. If you have, if you were here and you had a bunch of debt and and stuff to clean up, I we'd have a different conversation where it's like the business is great, but we got to clean this up. I don't think that's your situation because you're not in debt. You don't have problems with this. You have cash. You have uh, investments. You're building a pension. Uh, Rashaun, you you can, you can, you're in perfectly fine position to do this. There just needs to be a minimum contribution coming in that, that meets that threshold.
2: Mm. I think that's a big takeaway for us. Yeah. Just for me to have the confidence that like, okay, we're doing good. It's working and here's how to make it work more peacefully maybe. And then I can maybe feel a little more free to, yeah, plan a vacation, give more to our family when needed, things like that.
3: And like I have said, you know, we didn't go in there, but you can always just cut the expenses way down, and that that will solve your problem <laughs> right there, uh, as well. So that'll be a joint a venture as well. That that might be less yeah. fun than contributing a little bit to the business from the business, but that that is another option for you. That solves your like cash flow like, issue right away.
1: I'm looking at okay, I don't look at other stuff, but I'm looking at our miscellaneous, which is the most, and we had 1484 last month. But our next highest month out of the last five months was 400.
2: So in that category, so yeah, I have yeah. been tracking. And I haven't been tracking daily like you, Mindy. So that's maybe a goal and a takeaway for me is to try to maybe get in the habit of daily. But I was really proud of us because this is new for us in, in the tracking. Um, it's the end of June now. And I was like, let's go out for breakfast. And he's like, well, where are we at in our budget? And I was like, oh, I haven't done it in the last two weeks. <laughs> and so I went and I put in our numbers from our bank accounts and like, okay, we've already spent, you know, 1900, which is around what we'd like to spend overall in the month. So, okay, well, Make some eggs and call it a day. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. That's <laughs> the way it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, that's exactly it. It's small improvements. You are not going to go from, I spend so much money and I'm in a lot of debt to, I am rice and beans and peanut butter and jelly and never going out and never, invo- and you know, enjoying my life. It doesn't work like that. I mean, you can do that, but you're going to hate every bit of your life. And what is the point of hating every bit of your life? So small little changes and you'll see big improvements down the road. And you guys are doing great. We're sitting here talking about all the things you could be doing you know yeah. differently but you're doing really really well i don't think we focus enough on that scott so yay for both of you you're doing great you really I, are i mean you're in your 30s with no debt do you know how many people are in their 30s with no debt not so many
3: I, yeah, yeah i i i agree with mindy and want to emphasize that i think we've mentioned it a couple times but like you guys are capitalizing your position responsibly here you've got the the investment accounts you got the home not, nothing, everything about this seems perfectly reasonable with this. You're not spending crazily for a family of four um, with, with this. This is, this is a, this is a, a, a overall good thing. You just need a little, you need to tighten up a little, figure out how much cash is going to come in from there. And, and those are the opportunities for this. And like, Hey, when when this idea or the next one or whatever it is, or the, the flower business begins taking off. That's going to just compound everything. Um, that you're doing here in a really exciting way. So I love it. I have the entrepreneurial bug as well.
2: (laughs) This might be like a really technical question, but is there advice for that account, like that business stashing account, um, or is that high yield savings account really our best option?
3: So mathematically, the best thing to do is just deposit all the funds from the business that you're not going to need for the business right into your cash account and dwindle it. I can't do, that's not a, it's not a math problem. It's a, it's a, emotional one uh for me the way i would run my life with that is i need to have the stable income covering my expenses to a certain extent and it sounds like you might you might feel better with that as well roshan so the, the mathematically you can just dump it into the account and dwindle that's hard so i would say you just put it into a, a, a high yield savings account maybe with ally or something if you wanted to do that and just set up an auto pay from that to your personal bank account on a regular basis and that comes out of the business that'd be one way to do it um uh, from that perspective. And that'll give you a lot more timing. And I would remove that from your, your, your statement of net worth. You can just, here, here's how I think about it. If I have two businesses and household finances, so each business is a separately valued entity inside of like mint or whatever. And it's valued at 30 grand, whatever the cash is in there, maybe a little bit of an actual property. And then I'm only seeing the money when it comes into the, the household account in terms of my budget i can always log into my bank account and all those types of things but like my real estate business completely separate i just have real estate business valued at this number showing up on my net worth statement and then every once in a while i distribute the dividends out of there and that's when i actually see it hit my bank account with that and that way you can set it up to feel really confident in how that's being set up so is it the right mathematical approach no but I think that that could be a really good way for you guys to think about the business because that will give you tons of control. Um, that that will help you feel really good about the situation Rashawn. And it will help Corbin you keep more cash in the business in a general sense with that. Um, and feel, and feel like you know exactly how much you have to play with, um, at any given time.
0: Sounds good. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, I think this was really fun. I think that this is going to be helpful to a lot of people who are also starting their journey and wondering what to do next. And that's, you know, right now you're you're in a bit of the slog, just the the saving and investing and, you know, figuring it all out. But I think we gave you a lot of things to go and do research on. And I would love to check back in with you in about six to 12 months and see where you've gone, how that toy went, how your flower business went um it seems like they're going to have did they have graduations this year i think they did
1: i had a small handful yeah
0: okay so next year go away delta variant next year (laughs) 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 but yeah yeah, i would definitely i'm gonna put that on my calendar to to check back in with you in six to 12 months and see where you're at and what has what has happened i think this will be a fun catch-up video that'd be great
6: thank you thank
0: you (laughs) Okay, awesome. Well, thank you for your time today, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Right. Thank Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay, that was Rashawn and Corbin. Scott, what did you think of this show?
3: I, I thought it was really interesting. I think um I you know, I like I think that um I sensed that there was a little bit of worry or uncertainty or lack of knowledge or lack of framework or not a hundred percent sure in exactly the direction we want to go with some of those things. Yet they have such a clean financial position, yes, they, it sounds like there was uh, some help from some family and some of that, but there's like you don't get to a position where you have no debt besides the mortgage, that kind of cash and and the roth iRA and that kind of stuff I, like they're they're doing a lot of things right with this, and I think they're very close to putting together I think a really good winning formula for for building wealth here and like I mentioned in the show, I really love the fact that there's the entrepreneurial side to their story because you can win when you're playing an entrepreneurial game in a way you just can't as if both spouses are employees. You can win, you can still win, you can still become wealthy very quickly, but they have the chance at building something bigger if one of these businesses takes off or they can systematize it or those types of things and having interesting creative options and life options that aren't there. So I love both perspectives in this and thought it was a a good conversation.
0: Yeah, and I think that they are a lot closer to their to to really coming together and you know, oh, this is what I need. This is what I need. Wow, we can have both of those things and still propel ourselves forward. So uh it was exciting to talk to them today.
3: And I thought your advice on the money date on a recurring basis was spot on. That is the number one thing that I think will propel them forward. Um because they got all they got all this stuff going for them. If they can do that and they can both become Um, they don't have to both be experts, you know, on that there can be a quarterback in this, but if they can both be on the same page about what they're trying to do and, and come to those, uh, those agreements and get those things set up, they're going to be off to the races.
0: They really are. and it's just, it's just starting the conversation. So if you're listening to this and you have not had a money date with your partner, what are you waiting for? Go back and listen to episode 157. Scott and I give you a pretty step-by-step way to sit down and have the conversation. It takes a little bit of planning. You don't just sit down and say, "Hey, let's talk about our money." You have to prepare and be ready to have the numbers and have your dreams and goals and, you know, all of those things together, but it doesn't have to be this like daunting task either. You're just you're both in this together. It's not you against your partner. It's both of you together against the world. And having that mentality, I think, will take you very far. Absolutely. Okay, Scott, should we get out of here? Let's do it. From episode 218 of the Bigger Pockets Money podcast, he is Scott Trench and I am Mindy Jensen saying, Peace out, Girl Scout.